Five, and we're take two. Yeah, <laughs> so we just went through this whole... And I was on a roll too. I know because so, what the fuck? Man, this <laughs> dumpy computer. <dude>. So, <laughs> so uh, we were just talking about uh, welcome back to the Cutler Cast, guys. The tremendous response we had. We just launched Phil Heath video. Mm-hmm. We knew it was going to be a banger. We we knew you actually said to me, and I actually I I didn't believe you. Really, I didn't believe you because you know obviously we were having some hitters. We had Urs on here. We had Brian Shaw. You know we had a lot of like great talent and we just got done with the Olympia week which was crazy and you know we did a couple Six other people. Podcasts. Yeah, so we've been super busy but your response has been tremendous and for you guys that don't know as much about Phil Heath, you know, that episode it was lengthy. It was our longest one ever. Two and a half hours. And it's just off to the races that I mean, you were correct. So what, what, why, what did you think that what, what No, you I just you said this is gonna be our fastest climber and that and you know, sometimes it's really hard to predict yeah. media because I'll do a post on Instagram or I'll launch a YouTube video and I'm like, This is gonna be a sure hitter. It's and garbage. It, it doesn't work. <laughs> yeah. And then the the funniest ones, you know, the ones that don't really aren't as appealing and maybe it just catches traction because algorithms make a huge difference right of course so that's why i always encourage everyone about their content content don't get discouraged about outcome sometimes you know don't sit there and watch always but you know little background on phil heath like i know a lot of people have some differences on what they thought about phil basically because he was a a dominant champion and usually Mm -hmm. dominant champions are looked upon as when they know they're going to win mm-hmm. and they're as good as Phil Heath, you know, sometimes they get a little confused on whether it's confidence or arrogance, right? Yeah. And we talked about the movie and everything with Generation Iron, but, you know, to go back, I met Phil in, like, 2005, and he was just, you know, obviously had great potential. But what I really admired about Phil in the very beginning was his attitude, was his work ethic, was his vision. Mm-hmm. And that's really what, made me state this is the next mr olympia like that we talk about the mindset but a lot of people get confused on that like i taught i mean nick walker i've been raving about him i just saw him in the gym actually before i came here and i talk about he's convinced 100 percent he's going to win the olympian 2023 and you know what i can't bet against him you know i believe it because i was the same way and i remember all the guides would be like thinking jay's crazy he's going to beat ronnie coleman but i knew i was going to beat him yeah. And that's what I love about Phil. Like, he wasn't arrogant in that sense. He knew he had to improve, but he waited. And he placed third at his first Olympia. And he, you know, fell back a little bit the next year. And then he placed second that's to sick, me. Yeah. And, I mean, he never looked back, right? Yeah. And you were able to meet Phil. Uh, you know, you came and stayed with me for the 07 Olympia. You flew out mm-hmm. last minute because I said, I need help. <laughs> and you came out and, you know, you met him for the first time then because he was person, not, wasn't yeah. competing then. He was qualified. Yep. He qualified in, he I think, out. six and seven he qualified. He sat out both years. Yeah. Yep. I met him at your – he came by briefly to look at you. But that was the first time I had any real interaction with him in person. And, you know, we became friends ever since then. And when I left the music industry, I started helping Phil around 2012, 2013. Mm-hmm. And when I left the music industry in 2014, he was the first person I went full steam ahead and, and managed him. So – we had, I knew the reason I knew the podcast was going to do so well is there's a synergy there between the three of us. A lot us. of history. Yes. And, and it's like we spent so much time, like I've known you for 20 years. I've known Phil for 15, almost 15. 
and we spent so much time all over the world. Like mm-hmm. Phil and I went all, we went all over Europe. You and I have been all over Europe, Australia, Asia, India. We've been, been everywhere. So you just have a, a certain connection with people. And I knew when we sat down, it was just going to be organic. And it was just going to be a conversation. Because there's a difference when you have a conversation with somebody and when you are interviewing them. It's just a different energy and it comes off more authentic. And that's why I knew that that one would do well because there's so much information there that you could that we could dissect it and do a year's worth of so short clips from it. There was nothing in that interview with Phil Heath that you didn't know, right? No, I mean, I it's so funny. We sat yeah. in bullshit. Like, we've been on every level, <laughs> right? Rather, it's yeah. like competitive side you know relaxation yeah. side and like the partying side like being in nightclubs and everything else yeah. right i mean you hear all the stories but that was really cool to just kind of connect with him and and uh you know kind of like reminisce a little bit and i obviously that's been a big big hit for us but you know we want to wrap up 2022 you know I, I i gave my intake on what i thought about the olympia you know like i said i agreed with a lot of the judging mm-hmm. um the the situation with the venue and you know i did talk about this a little bit like it's been it's been on and off since you know the pandemic right like last minute it got thrown to florida and then you know we we talked about it coming back to vegas it finally made it back to vegas awesome stage backstage a little smaller than what the athletes would have liked hearing more and more people coming forward after we spoke about that but like i said someone reached out to me from the Olympian already, you know, hey, we're rectifying this situation. It's Obviously, next year in, in Orlando, it's going to be a, a big, big thing. But the problem is, is how do you, how do you have a year like 22? Mm-hmm. 22 was the most uh, publicized. Number one, it was the longest season. Yeah. Okay. It was over a year. Over a year of qualifications. Record number of contests. Mm-hmm. Record number of competitors. But record number of new faces coming in that potentially could do some damage damage and we need damage top 10 like i mean and you had there's guys that could potentially win yeah that came on this year and we we talked about i'm gonna just throw out a couple names and i'm not gonna get into every single one but main guys being michael Crizo and andrew jacked and samson was and his samson rookie. yes yeah. like we talked about we we knew he competed earlier in the year but yeah a couple of the unknowns that Andrew competed, you know, as we got closer to this, you know, season of the Olympia and we saw potential in both. Right. And they yeah. both produced, I mean, Andrew did pra- place better than Creaso, which we expected. Right. Yeah. But at the same time, uh, Michael made an amazing, amazing transition from another organization and into the main organization. Right. So not, the o- not only program. was, was there guys that made their first, year but there was a several guys that this was their second from nick to hunter where they were guys that were talked about as a guy who could win so there was four or five people in there that were still the unknown and Der- derek lunsford derek lunsford too so coming from 212 and there's there's six guys there and now even looking at 2023 it's kind of going to be the same thing still because nick is looking he went from fifth to third and he's looking to move up Hunter's probably looking to redeem himself. Derek's looking from to move from second to first. And then it opened up the 212 for Clarita to win the title back. Yep. Or, you know, possibly a Kamal to win the title back, right? And here we are. 
Clarita, congratulations on new baby, by yeah, the yeah, way. Yep, congratulations. Just and so. uh, we're going to talk a little bit about Clarita because we have we know he's he's coming, right? Of course, and he's already made kind of announcement, but uh, it's crazy because. 22 was one of those spoken about years. And we talk about, was it the most competitive Mr. Olympia of all time is the question. And me coming from an era where people look at it, it was, Ooh, that was like yeah. the ultimate. I mean, I watched the battles of Leverone and Wheeler and Nasser and Dorian and all those guys, like top 10 was loaded, right? Was it the most competitive? Because a lot of unknowns. That's the question. I think on paper, I think on paper it was the most competitive. I think the unknown aspect of it, but when you actually saw the guys on stage, I think and I think it was there was more hype than what it turned out to be, because there was only a small handful that were really in like delivered. Like I think the top three. Yeah, 100% delivered. Dude, 6, 7, 8, yeah. 9, 10, 11, 12, 13. Like, oh, dude, that that yes. was just crazy. Yes. The loaded, loaded, like, 8, 9 And places. the crazy thing is, if you if you redid that show a week later, it might not be the same places. Yeah. There could have been, you know, a, a guy in 10th or 11th or 12th that could have moved up to, like, they're that close. So I understand that aspect, yeah. The, the fact with how close these guys are, I don't remember it being that close where, Guys went from the top six and got pushed out of top ten, but they could next year be right back in that top five or top six. I know, but this this is this is my question. Okay, we're gonna we're gonna cross over into twenty three. Okay. Okay. The first contest of the year. Okay. Arnold Classic. Special one for you. Yeah. I mean, you have you have a record there that a lot of people don't know about. Remind everyone my record, please. You won three in a row. Consecutive, yeah. That's a, that's a legit three-peat. It's not three titles. It's three back-to-back-to-back. To back to back. So nobody else has ever done that. I know, but a quick turnaround time now. So, you know, we, we have an, I think it's seven weeks now. Mm-hmm. It will be this weekend, from right? T- I think so, yeah. Okay, so. It's the first week of Seven March. weeks from now, everyone's in Columbus competing, yes. okay? Yes. So. Hypothetically, uh, we should have an insane lineup. When is the list getting launched? Day after tomorrow. Okay. So we're going to launch this so podcast we know, tonight. We know, so right, we know right now Samson. Samson has came out publicly. For sure. Yes. Clarita? I think Clarita has, I don't know if he's hinted it or if he said it. Like, I've seen other people talk about it. I know he wanted to do an open show. I know yes. he's talked about that. I mean, it Those, was a lot of back and forth. Whether he, the, only, the only guy from the top 10 that I know for sure is said, I'm doing it, is Samson. Well, Milo spilled that beans. Yes, Milo right? said that. So... We'll we'll all find out on Friday, but I know Clarita. But does someone like Derek Lunsford like is he a front runner if he decides he to do it? it? Of course, he. I would. mean, Nick Walker, returning champ. I know he's he's if, on if, steady mode right now. I just saw him in the gym. But if Nick did the Arnold again, he would be the front runner to win it. Okay, so let's go over the prize money. Okay, the prize. So money. when I won it, mm-hmm. oh two, three, and four, mm-hmm. early two thousands. Tells my age a little bit. 100,000 Hummer truck, Rolex one year, Automir one year. I think one year there was no watch. Mm-hmm. I think the first year it was just a, the H2 Hummer, which was the first one, mm-hmm. and then uh, 100,000. So I was able to win. That was the second – it was the second highest-paying show. I think the Olympia paid 110. Yeah, it was a little so, bit more. Yeah. But it was actually more than the Olympia because they were giving away the H2 Hummer. Now, the Olympia started giving away an Escalade. 
You remember this? They did that for a couple years, right? Yes. So they, it was somewhat similar, but I felt the H2 Hummer was worth a lot more. I sold the first one for 65000 The day I, I, I got it delivered to uh, San Juan Capistrano, mm-hmm. uh, GM dealer, and I sold it that day. I transferred it. It's not a bad chunk of change. No. So it was great. So... Let's talk about the so, prize money. So today. this year, first place is two hundred thousand. Second place is one twenty. Hold on, hold on. Two hundred grand. Two hundred. That's a down payment on a million dollar house. Mm-hmm. You know, twenty percent down. That's a down payment on a million dollar house. Second place is one twenty. Third place is seventy. Fourth place is thirty seven five. Fifth place is twenty. And sixth place is twelve five. So when I was second at the Olympia. Those years, I was I got sixty in oh one, mm-hmm. and then I got like seventy five thousand. I think the last one maybe I got a hundred, mm-hmm. so it's paying more than obviously it's yeah twenty years later or whatever. You know, and, and you know what I've always wondered too, because like sometimes guys will skip the show, and I've always wondered why. When why would you not do a show? Look, not everybody can be on every every time. Why would you gear up and spend all this money to do a show to win ten grand? When you can do the same thing, go win two hundred. I, I know, but the the to, let's we're missing the whole point. Mm-hmm. Is it's a huge opportunity because because uh, okay. Let, let me take a step back. When you won a hundred thousand dollars back in two thousand and what two, three, and four, yeah. What did you do with the hundred grand? You know, it's funny when I placed second at the Olympia in '01, I won sixty thousand. Mm-hmm. Okay, which was a huge plus for me. And two thousand was the first year I won Night of Champions. I bought my first house with the fifteen thousand. Okay, but I bought a condo and a lease, so I paid paid two eighteen for the house. I put down a down payment. Um, then I went, you know, to Olympia and I finished eighth. I got fourteen thousand. I remember these numbers. And then I went on the tour and I won like another 20 grand just on like multiple shows. So I was doing well, right? I mean, yeah. I looked at it as like, wow, I was able to pick up some. So end of That was more than a year's salary. I, I, listen, I, I'll be honest. I was in debt a little bit. You know, I moved to California. I had some stuff that I was paying for. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I had $14,000 on a credit card. And I remember when I was able to pay that thing off in one shot. So oh. I get rid of all debt. And then, uh, so anyone that thinks I came automatically with money. I think I had 50,000 in my bank account, but I needed, you know, I always had needed a cushion. I wasn't making a ton of money at the time. Right. Yeah. So I go to the Olympian 01, put all my eggs in one basket, play second, win 60,000. Then I roll right into the Arnold classic. Okay. And you, I remember you saying you stayed on your diet, stayed on my diet. You know, fortunately for me, I was on a rebound phase and you know, I was at a big body weight, so I was able to still eat a lot of food. Won the Arnold. Came out to uh, Vegas just on a whim to visit Nancy and Trevor Smith at the time, um, which I, you know, I'm speaking to Nancy the other day. Uh, saw their house, saw the opportunity, put a deposit $10,000 down on a property. I was building a home. Finished in July, moved, skipped the Olympia that year. Okay. <coughs> uh, and then I bought one rental property, 2002. Okay. I was able to have some money. I didn't do the Olympia that year. And then I bought seven homes in 2003. But my year started with Ironman, Arnold, San Francisco Pro, 
Um, then I did Olympia, and then I did all the tours after Russia. That was the one when, when Fedorov. Yeah, you, so Ronnie and Fedorov. So I bought seven homes in two thousand three, and I, I, you know, I, I flipped a couple or whatever. So I invested in real estate, and when you get those big paychecks, it's a huge stepping place. Of like you know, when you get ten grand here, like that's okay, right? But when you win a hundred, you know, I won sixty the year before. I, you know, back then, remember, I was could I could put five percent down on a home. Yeah, and I was able to flip. I was making a hundred grand on a house that you know took me three months to to you know basically build, and I was flipping it and making a hundred thousand. I was doing that over and over. I mean, like I said, I bought seven and two. I kept up keeping some as rental properties, so I had residual money. Back then, it wasn't you know I wasn't versed enough on tax havens and everything yeah. else. Uh, I didn't like being a landlord, but at the same time, that Arno Classic money gave me a huge plus. Because at the time, at the time, remember it was very. It was actually up with the Olympia. It was the same money, so I'm I'm getting more guest appearances. Like that's what the Arnold allowed me is, you know, I was staying in better shape all year and competing in the early season than the end of season, so <clears throat> there wasn't a big gap. But that carried over and be like, oh, he won the Arnold. I mean, second best show in the world. The guest posings were just endless, so I'd guest pose all the way up until I started my prep, and I'd cut everything like twelve weeks out. And how, and how much, if if you were to get, I mean, obviously you don't know exact numbers, but what would you say on average when you would go get, like, how much would you make a week? Three to five thousand on a guest spot, mm-hmm. but I'd sell merch too. So, I mean, I could sell up to Another thousand, two thousand. I mean, yeah, two thousand, two probably two grand. I mean, back then you could sell a thousand just in eight. So you'd by make tens. five to seven thousand every week, every weekend, and that's just. And it was, and it was like, you know what it turned into for me? We talk about contracts, yeah. And you see this today because this is still the same situation. Of course, it was like guaranteed every year. So as soon as I guest appeared, the promoters were so happy with the condition, the time I spent with the fans, everything else, the the accessibility I had. They re- rebooked me because I'm, I stayed. Remember, I was second, second. You know, winning Arnold's, winning Ar- you know, so I was right there. I, there was no one better other than Ronnie Coleman. So we were going back and forth, and sometimes they bring us in together. So that that battle between the two of us turned into the greatest ever of all time. Yeah. But it also it was selling tickets to put people in the seats because we'd still we'd battle all year on stage off season, and then we get on stage. Obviously, he was victorious more than I was. But I was still winning the Arnold, so I was getting the respect that way. And I think the other thing, too, that, that I don't think people recognize, I don't think the young bodybuilders recognize this. They look at your popularity now, and they don't, under, they don't see the 20 years of work that came up. Mm-hmm. Every, you can go back to 2003, and you did an appearance in Idaho. You probably met 500 fans. You spent time with every one of those people. Every one of those people got an experience. Every one of those people has have an impression of you, and they became a fan for life. And they're probably a still fan to this day. So stuff you did 15 years ago, every hand you shook, people are still buying stuff from you. They're still supporting you to where a lot of these guys now, they don't see those opportunities. Yeah, and they're and they, only and, digital. And they have a better outlet to of connect course. with people. Like back then, you, I would sit and do those emails or, I mean, early on hand writing letters. You know, the DVDs obviously brought people in. It would yep. show people the lifestyle a little bit and see how relatable you are. I remember that's the people that are going to follow you are the people that say, hey, there's something about that guy that I see an opportunity for myself or 
I know someone that's like that or you know, maybe they're just like, hey, that inspires me to achieve, right? And it wasn't ever like, hey, I want to be the next Jay Cutler on the stage. There were yeah. some. I mean, I remember when Nick Walker's parents used to bring him to come see me, you know, and here this guy is. I still remember the first time we met him yeah. in, in Philadelphia at the Philadelphia Fit Expo. We're like, who the you hell know, is that and, kid? And, and I, I love, you know, I love that he's inspired by what I did because he's on the verge of greatness right now, of right? Course. And he's, he's there, but he's... Yeah. Like, he's really cementing his name. And he has the world at his hands that I didn't have because the communication is so much easier now. Of course. He's got his own. He just started the podcast. And, you know, he has the opportunity to be number one featured. He's one of the freakest bodybuilders ever. He's got clothing brands. He's endorsing, you know, HD Muscle and all these other great Mm -hmm. brands that are using and utilizing him, right? Young L.A., Celsius. I mean, he, he's with it all. So uh, I just love the fact that there's so much more opportunity for these guys, not just to go out and only guest pose, because let's, let's be real. The guest posings are kind of few and far between now. It's more meet and greets and let's raise People awareness to expos. Yeah. Yes. I, I still remember when, when Nick won the Arnold, not this past one, the one before. I remember beforehand, he had a couple hundred thousand on social media. He put that video out. I'm going to win the Arnold. Well, I think Real Muscle did it, and they put that video up, and Arnold posted it on his personal social media. Nick's gained like four or five hundred thousand followers from it. That's four or five hundred thousand new people that are now following you that you can make a, a living from. Yeah, it's a huge opportunity to do that. You know, it's kind of funny because these interviews I do, and Dave Bay will attest to this, and I hope Dave's listening to this. He would always interview me and say, four time Mister Olympia," and what would I say? Three-time Arnold Classic champion. Yes, because, uh, listen, the Olympia is the elite, right? There's nothing bigger. I'm never going to disrespect that title. But I was very, very proud to win the Arnold Classic. I was very, I mean, Arnold, he inspired all of us, right? And he didn't inspire us only on the stages. Because, realistically, I didn't get to see Arnold actually compete as much. I mean, from what I know, he won one of the Olympias with just himself, yeah, no, no real competition. You know, he won seven Olympias, but he was just one of those people that, like, you know, you talk about there's no, there's no such thing as impossible. Mm-hmm. Arnold has, I think he was destined for, you know, proving that, that anything you know is crazy? possible. crazy? I was thinking about, talk about what it was like back when you were winning those Arnolds, because... Arnold commenting on his stage. He was the A-list. He was the biggest you know, name in the business. You know, it was crazy because he would do these releases... He would do this to start off the, the show, and he would show the latest film he was working on. And every year he had a blockbuster film, right, whether it's True Lies or uh, when he played uh, Mr. Freeze and mm-hmm. what's Batman movie or whatever. Uh, you know, he always had a character he was playing, Kindergarten Cop. Um, so his aura on the stage, like him walking through the expo, like, remember the crowds of people, man. Like you Even just, now, it's just... It's I know, like, but it was just at a whole different... He was... I hate to compare it, but... Like, Dwayne Johnson a couple years ago when he was, like, the action guy. Yeah. Arnold was bigger than that. Well, of course he was. He was the number... He yeah. was the number one actor in the world for a long time. I, I kind of remember... And he was at the Arnold class. I remember a number... Someone said at one point, and correct... I may be wrong, right... 
Hopefully Arnold will watch this interview. <laughs> he was the highest paid actor at $10 million a year at that point. This was forever 25, ago. 25, 30 years ago. Yeah, so, and that was a huge number, right? I mean, he was one of the highest paid. So for, guy, for people that say he, did, he had little acting skills, he was the highest paid because he was just a sight, right? Yeah. I mean, he had the personality. He had the physique. Like, that's one of the things, man. If we had... Like, The Rock's known for his body, right? He loves bodybuilding. and But what if The Rock wasn't such a fitness enthusiast? And was just, and he much. looked like Bruce Willis or, or Steven Seagal. He wouldn't be where he's at. So, phys, I think the physical so stature the physic, matters. So the physical, I mean, they, we talk about Chris Helmsworth and these other guys, right? They, they all have physiques. I mean, Van Damme, to me, Sylvester Stallone, they all had physiques. I loved Seagal, and I loved... Um, you know, I love these these type actors, but they didn't enthuse me as much as the Schwarzeneggers or Stallones. I mean, remember I always said I started because of Stallone and Van Damme, Rocky, right? Man. Yeah, I watch Rocky for yeah. So, <laughs> so and I, you know, I liked I liked uh, Mr. T. You know, he was good too. Carl Weathers was great. I used to see him in Gold's Venice. Um, but man, Arnold has that. It just has such that aura being part of it and you know we remember it was elite so it's it's the only real invitational high level event other i mean it's, only, it's actually the only invitational okay. okay so because the olympia if you win a show you get automatic they and, and i'm not talking event. about the other divisions which i apologize because the classic in this contest is going to be stacked up i'm sure you yeah. know we have a lot of guys competing and a lot of new faces and a lot of young talent right so uh my expectations going into this arnold i would expect you know, obviously not hottie because it's hard for him to get there. Anyone internationally, but Rami, uh, Derek, Bonnick. Samson, Bonnick, even Nick, Nick Walker. Nick, I mean, that's a any any one of those like Nick or any one of these other guys. That's a two hundred thousand dollar payday. It's funny you say that though, because you like you say Nick and two hundred k because it's like a almost like hey, you're going to win this thing. Right? I mean, he's already won it. Yeah, and, and he's third best in the world, arguably. You know, and and him and him and Derek would, if they both did it, would definitely battle. And then Samson would be in there battling, and Brandon, if he was going to be doing it, if it was me, I would hold up a few more weeks. <laughs> you know, you, you know, you could eat for two weeks now. I mean, you know, after two three weeks, man, you're like, hey, that wasn't that hard. Yeah, you know, ever do these trips like when we go overseas and. Mm -hmm. We kind of like, oh, man, this flight, 20 hours, and we get there, and then we do the trip, and like, this is going to be the longest week ever, and we come back, and we're like, damn, that wasn't that it bad. wasn't that bad. Yeah. yeah. I, thought, I thought about that the other night when we went in 2016. We did that two-week. Yeah. We went from here was to awesome. Charlotte to Hungary to Dubai to Kuwait to Jordan to Boston and home. It was like two weeks. And during the time, you going into it, you're like, fuck, this is going to be brutal. Yeah. This is long. It's just so many flights. But when you got back, you were like, you spent one day, you got some sleep, and you're like, fuck, I could do that shit again. <laughs> I know, but I think I asked you at the end of the trip, I'm like, how much did we make? <laughs> we made a lot of money, though. <laughs> we did a lot of charity stuff, though, too, which well, was cool. But, military appearances. But, you know, it's like, hey, we're here. We're going to pick up, you know, 5K, 10K, you know. And lot, you know what's crazy, though? I've noticed this. A lot of these guys now don't look at those short paydays and realize at the end of the year, they add up. No, I mean. Three grand but, here, five grand here, two grand here. But it's past that. It's the 
it's the face to face. Yes. And we started this podcast because we <laughs> wanted to do something. You're bored. And you no, s- we weren't to, bored. I'll say we what just, you said. <laughs> we just said. I said, what I say? I don't want to travel. You said, I don't want to travel, and how can we make a million yeah, bucks? Yeah. And I said, a podcast, and you said you only do it if I did it. And I don't well, want listen, to. <laughs> I, I said I said I'd come back to Olympia. I think it would take a million dollars. So wait, I just thought about something. What if I got a GoFundMe started? No, I, don't want, a I, million, don't want, I don't want to take money from the fans. Why not? Fuck it. If I no. can raise a million dollars, will you do the Olympia? <laughs> I think so. <laughs> I'm going to go on whitehouse.gov no, right, and no, start, yeah. a, start a petition for Jay Cutler to do the Olympia. Would you do it for a million bucks? You know what? I'm not lying, bro. I would like to do this Arnold Classic in eight <laughs> weeks. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hit up. We're going to hit up Arnold and say, put a million bucks up, <laughs> and Jay will do it. You'd get smoked, though. I don't know if I get smoked. Well, You'd right now, oh, you missed, but give me a year. <laughs> well, that that's. I, think I mean, if Derek this. Lunsford can go from 212 to be second at the Olympia in a year's time, dude. <laughs> yeah, but your waist is as wide as your shoulders. Uh, yeah, well, no, it won't be if I <laughs> if I get gassed up again. You know what I'm saying? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. That would be kind of maybe we could have you and Ronnie come back. Yeah, we, well, we did for a long time. We went back and forth. He kept calling me out, and I didn't want to at the time to be he honest. He was calling but, you out like three. But years you know ago. what? All these other guys want to go, and they want to fight each other. I know. Like, they want to box and everything else. Like, I don't want to box anyone. I want to, like, do what I'm good at, you yeah. know? And that's maybe getting on a bodybuilding stage. I, think, and- I still, looking at this, Arnold, though, you know, this is something I was thinking about the other day. And, you know, bodybuilding's not a career. It's not. It's not supposed to be. It, but it isn't a career, period. Yeah. A career is something you can do your whole life. Yeah. It's an opportunity. Because every day you go train, you're one rep away from it ending. One injury. And so it's not a career. A career is like a lawyer. A career is a a physician, a Mm -hmm. teacher, something you can do till you're 75. You could have a career-ending injury tomorrow, and it's, or I shouldn't say career. You could have an injury tomorrow, and it's over. Yeah. You could have a medical condition. It's over. So it's not a, so when you're talking about the Arnold's an opportunity, this is an opportunity to make a shit ton of money. I mean, come on, even second place is 120 grand. I know, but it's not just a day of making money. You're looking but at you're it making short money, term. But you're making money the whole year. I know because it's it's just another title or another placing. Like even when I got fourth at the Arnold in 99. How much dude, money did you I was get? ecstatic. I got 15,000. And you'd get 37.5 this year. I got 15 grand. And to me, dude, I was jumping up and down for 15,000. Remember, I won, I won the Night of Champions in 2000 after that, and I won 10. So for me, it wasn't like I won more placing fourth at a contest than winning the Night of Champions, but the title meant a little bit. I mean, remember, the New York Pro is the third most tiered show, right? Yeah. I think I just, I, I've always said this, like the Olympia is always going to be the pinnacle everybody wants to win, but there's something about watching Arnold Schwarzenegger walk across the stage and hand someone a trophy that has to be, that has to be the an ultimate. Yeah, and when o- Ohio is a is, Ohio, you know, especially that's the original, right? Yes. I mean, we can talk about the other ones. We were in UK, and I know they have. Do they still have Brazil or? They yeah, had they Spain. Do. Yeah, they, do. they had Spain. They had before. Spain. They had South Africa. They had Australia. Yeah, everywhere. They have. They actually had one in Hong Kong. Really? Yeah, they did one year. They had it in Hong Kong. It was at the. It was at the uh, airport. There's a big building near the airport. 
I remember because Cedric McMillan went over there and had to do the appearance for So it. let's talk a little bit about the point system being removed. I, Is that going to make a difference? No. Because right, there's, there's still too many shows, right? Th- that's what, look, and I know I'm going to say this, and I'm sure people get angry at me, but it does nothing because you're removing three people on the point system at the very back of the pack because most likely, unless you're a big name that has just did a, got second, second, most likely you're, gonna, you're, you're not someone contending to win. So they're going to remove the point system. So there was 37 people qualified. This year there would have been 34. It's not going to make a, lot, a difference. Yeah. Because what's going to happen is there's going to be, you're going to remove those three and they're going to add three more pro shows. I know, but the, prob- the thing is, is we had a lengthy year, right? Yes. So let's, let's back up a little bit. So, okay, let's say there's four shows less. You're still 30 okay. plus qualifying. Yeah. You know, so it's, it's... If 30 different... We just need guys to compete more. Yes, I mean, so you know, I mean, I, Blessing competed in a few. Yep. Um, I'm trying to think who else won a few. Uh, well, look, let's let's take this past. Let's just take this past year. I remember years ago, top ten at the Olympia automatically requalified, but everybody except Sean Ray and the reigning Mister Olympia would compete, do those shows. Yeah. But the difference was Sean Ray every week was doing a, some appearance somewhere where he was making guy, yeah. so much money that it wasn't worth him doing these other shows. Mm-hmm. So I've just noticed that a lot of these top guys, they don't do it. They just do the Olympia. If you take Derek Lunsford, for example, he, you know, I'm, I don't know what his next plans are, but he turned pro. He did the Tampa pro. He's only done the Olympia. If you would have to guess though, mm-hmm. is he going to compete? I would think all the top guys would want to be going after that 200 grand considering they were, they're in shape now, and it's that close. I know, but is it up to them or their coaches that make the decision? It should be up to them. The co- it's not the coach's career. It's their career. Your coach gets you in shape. Your coach doesn't yeah, kind dictate of funny. what you do. So when, when Chris Aceto was like working with me since I was a kid, I remember saying, hey, I think I'm going to do this show. He's like, oh, hell yeah. Hell yeah. He was never ever resistant about me doing a contest i hear i hear that a lot like I, i'm not ever going to say names but i hear this a lot where athletes will say well i need to talk to my coach to know if i can do that show and i'll say to them like what do you mean you talk to your coach your coach gets you in shape this is your career yeah. you do the shows you want now they can give you some advice hey you're not you know things aren't firing on all cylinders okay you should take that no different than me like i manage people i don't choose what they do i say this is what's in front of you. Here's the pros. Here's the cons. Here's my opinion. What do you want? All right. So who's qualified for next year? So Hottie Chupin. Hottie is. Okay. Uh, Derek Lunsford, Nick Walker, Brandon Curry, and Rami are. But Brandon Curry and Rami are former Olympia champions. So they're qualified for. Guys. Okay. So and so none of those guys will probably compete until the Olympia, right? Um. Well, the other person. What's uh uh the butcher. He's qualified. He won. Oh, that's right. Yes, yeah. he won Spain. Yes. So he's qualified. And so is, no, no, that was the first qualification. The guy that beat him in uh, Romania. Um, the he, Iranian? Yeah, he was for this year. Um, or two, so yeah. those those five guys are qualified. Looking at this list, outside of Hadi, I don't see why any of these, like, I don't see why Rami wouldn't say, fuck this, I'm going to go get that Arnold. I want an Arnold, Ohio. Brandon could go get another, that's a $200,000 check, and that could be his third Arnold. Um, Nick Walker could get a second Arnold, or Derek could get his first. Obviously, Hadi, I'm assuming Hadi would have done one a while ago if he could, but it was just so hard with visas. Yeah. But 
I don't know if these guys will compete. I would hope we see them because well, we'll know in two days. That's a hell. Well, we're gonna know in two days. That's a hell of a battle. But even outside, no, we won't know in two days because I guarantee you. Even when the list comes out, someone jumps in. I'm, I'm sure. People always do. You know, it'll either be somebody. How many guys will they allow to compete? 10 I, or 12? I or? think they usually have 12. Okay. I think. Or sometimes they invite like 15 because one or two always drops out because of health reasons or something something wrong. But even even if you look at outside of the, the top five, like Samson, Hunter Labrada, Andrew Jacked, William Bonick, and Raphael. Why wouldn't any of those guys do it? Why would Andrew? I understand he cut a long year. Yeah, well, I mean, he died for a full year, but Crizo. Yeah, what place did he get? Eleventh. He got twelfth. I 12th? think. Twelfth. Ian got eleventh. Yeah. Ian. I mean, Ian was got yeah. second two years ago, and I remembered seeing Ian was. You know, I saw yeah. some of his podcasts where he said they had some miscalculations. Well, it's like, well, shit. This is seven weeks away. Go tweak it and go see if you can get a redeem yourself and get that win and get that big check too. You know, so there's. There, I, I would assume we're going to see a lot of these big names. I'm assuming it's going to be a super competitive. Well, I'm going to be in the house, and I'm doing an expo visit, so I'll be present, which is really cool. Yeah, we'll get, and we'll, get, we'll, get, uh, we'll get a, a couple appearances lined up, and as they get closer, we'll, we'll announce what they are. You know, but. How was your overall Olympia experience? I know you were super busy. Um, it you, was, you planted yourself at the Venetian. You got lucky because you took – some space that I was going to yep. utilize. Yep. I, I stayed at the Palazzo because it was, it was so close to the expo. You know, for me, the expo is where the vast majority of the work happens. And I had so many appearances lined up between Brian doing his and Dane and Rob doing theirs and Trifecta and Fitburn and Celsius and New Tech. You know, I had, those are six brands that, they were all shifting around, and we had probably about 20 appearances at Trifecta. I had yeah, four Celsius, at Celsius, yeah. one at New Tech, two at, and then Brian was popping around, and Dane and Rob were popping around, and Yurishna was competing, and we got you in and out. It's not a it – was, it was busy, but it was the first year that I felt like I was just in a bubble. I didn't know anything else that was going on. I knew nothing that was going on. I just kept – my eyes on what I needed to get done in front of me. And I didn't stay at the hotel everybody was at. Everyone was at the Planet Hollywood. I stayed at this hotel. I got in. I got out. I did what I had to do. When the weekend was over, everyone was sick. <laughs> so so that was then after the weekend was up. It yeah, was, the aftermath was crazy. Oh, everybody was, everyone around me was sick. Jordan was sick and Yurishna was sick and Regan. Regan's mm. still sick. You know, so I lost my voice. And I don't know if I got some type of, I had a little baby cough, but I didn't feel mm -hmm. horrible like everyone else. But it was overall, it was, it was a great experience. Huge success. I think it was one of their best ones they've ever done. I mean, like I said, um, you know, the attendance was out of control. I, I, was, I was excited for that. And I remember I talked to Dan Solomon shortly before that. And I said, I think it's going to be crazy. And I had no idea of any numbers or anything. And the trend was, we talked about this in 2020. We're like, dude, these expos could be fucked. Like they, some of them may never, they never might never come back. And we saw the expos do really bad for a while. <clears throat> and then last year watching the Arnold, which was really busy. And then we ended up going to different expos throughout the year. And then the Arnold UK was really busy. And then I went to the Dubai muscle show and is it the busiest I'd ever seen? And I thought the Olympia is going to be crazy. And I think this year going into Arnold, I think this will be their busiest Arnold ever because people are over the sickness shit. 
in we the have uh, we have LA Fit Expo on the fourteenth and fifteenth of January. Yeah, I, th- I I haven't spoke to them about their numbers, but it'll it'll be busy. We got downtown LA. Yep, got you going, Regan, Phil Heath, uh, Yurishna, Aaron Banks. I know a lot of other people Brandon are Hendrickson. Brandon Hendrickson. There's a lot of other people that will, will be in attendance. Uh, so tickets can be purchased at the fit expo.com expo.com. Uh, make sure you guys check it out. I don't know if there's any discount codes, but I'm sure you can dig them up somewhere, yeah. but yeah, you'll, you'll have something posted on your social. Um, and uh, you know, we'll be heading out there. It's, it's a, uh, I'll be there doing meet and greets between my booth, Cutler nutrition and that built built. built. So, Loyalty. yeah. And, uh, you know, we'll uh, we'll keep you guys informed. But we wanted to come on and just kind of talk a little bit about the experience. And then, you know, listen, man, we'll we'll, we'll be talking next week about the Arnold Classic mm-hmm. because the list will be out. And you know, who's who's the front runners for that contest? We'll get Milos in to do his little uh, predictions. We'll get Milos in so he can uh, so he can say stuff we won't say. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, the feedback, like I said, has been t- tremendous, guys. If you guys want to comment, um, we do have some guests that we want to yeah. bring on, and we would love your feedback. Maybe give some ju- suggestions because this podcast has climbed a lot faster than what we expected. You you said that it was going to explode, and it's gone. I think we've had record numbers this yeah. month. It's it, You know what it is? The, the reason I said that is, you know, I, I listen to a lot of podcasts throughout the day. You know, I, I'm in front of my computer. All day long you listen I do. to it. Yeah. I listen to different it just podcasts. Runs, yeah. And it just people like hearing stuff that gives them information, that gives them motivation, that, that gives them gives them content that they can utilize in their life. And there's a lot of podcasts that don't do that. And the feedback that I've seen is and I get messages every day on my Instagram. I see them on the on I'm sure you get them too. People just they're excited that there's a positive podcast that's just putting out good content and putting out information. And when we have guests on, it's just a conversation. Mm-hmm. And, and I know people, people message me all the time, get this guy, get on this guy, but we want to do it in person, you know? And, and I know other people will say, you need these guests at the end of the day, Jay Cutler is a guest. Every time we do this podcast, that is a guest that every podcast in the world wants you on from the biggest in the world to, you know, the smallest. So it's, it's good when we can bring people in to just have a conversation with you. But, you know, if, if there's other people that you guys would like to have come on, we'd, you know, we'd love it. And we yeah, want to we branch love, out too. this is, yeah, this isn't just fitness. And, you know, a lot of people ask me about like business and financial and whatever else. And, you know, obviously I have goals for 22. I don't know if you kind of look at every year and you say, you know, I want to accomplish this or that. Like I don't, I don't change my whole life and have New Year's commitments because I reset every Monday. I talk about these are my tasks for the week. But for me, I'm coming into it. I'm going to be fifty in twenty three. Okay, so I'm doing a whole obviously a fitness challenge. But at the same time, my mind has matured now. I'm very comfortable in life. Obviously, you know I've done very well. I've built a great career. But we all still have goals and aspirations. And I know some of your goals, right? I mean, whether it's property or, you know, you want to visit. You want to visit more places, I think, more than you look at a monetary value of what life is. And I always talk about wealth. And when I say wealth, it's not wealth meaning like how much money you have in the bank or how much you earn. There's wealth of life that we get a fulfilled feeling, right? So when you wake up in the morning and you're motivated because – 
maybe you're helping someone or you're raising a family and you're, you know, you're giving to other people because being, being an individual, like you can only get so much excitement out of things. Right. Yeah. And we live for challenges. Someone like me, especially who I, like, I went from like, I got to conquer the Olympia. Like there's nothing bigger than that. Right. So yeah. once you achieve the biggest status you can, when you tell, when you can actually say I was the best in the world at what I did, okay, what, what challenges you after that? Yeah. Right. Now do like with Schwarzenegger, he became the best bodybuilder. Then he became the top, top actor, actor and then he became a, a governor, governor and, you know, he became a real estate mogul. And now of course he's holds, is it, is it questionably one of the biggest contests in the world? Right. Yeah. There's certain goals we all reach and it doesn't have a monetary value. It's a wealth of knowledge and comfort and ability. And like, there's so many things that go into that term wealth, right? Yeah. So I hope some of you guys have put together a mindset or a path or, you know, a surrounding to have opportunity because opportunity is endless, yeah. in this day and age. And I always say it starts with the relationships. I hope some of you guys learn something from our podcast, but at the same time, we thrive off everyone's comments, of course. everyone's input. Like without your viewership, your responses, we couldn't be here. Of course. So we're so thankful for that. It gives me more motivation to keep going because honestly, I'm not a talker. I don't like to talk much, you know. I don't pick up the phone and call people and You call me every day. Yeah, but we talk we have <laughs> a lot know, to talk about. Yeah, but yeah, I don't yeah. I'm not don't. a big like I said, I start as an introvert. So when you said to me, Let's do this podcast, or I actually said to you and you like, I don't want to do that. And I said, dude, you have to I don't like being on camera. I know, but I said we can't travel forever every yeah. single weekend. Now we're still gonna go. I mean, yeah. you call me and say, Hey, I have this gig and wherever we go halfway across the planet. I look at the opportunity to be like, okay, we might be able to meet someone there that, you know, would give us There's always a an better relationship. Right. So you guys, you guys are our backbone to this whole thing. And we appreciate you. We're going to stay with it. We've been consistent every week. We have yeah. a lot of back burner episodes right now, yep. which is awesome. We've never had this yet in our podcast. <laughs> you know, you know, it's funny if people knew how many times we launched something. Like, when did you film them? Like, fucking two hours ago. Yeah. So, so just so you know, <laughs> we have no script. We then, have no a, cheat notes. Really, no. we have nothing. We just actually tried to put up our <laughs> cheat notes on the screen. That's you guys can't see right now. They can't see it, right? No. And Matt messed up the whole thing. So we started talking mean, whoa, whoa, whoa. for, Tell you for three minutes. Up. So the your computer was lagging. So our producer, if you guys saw our setup, I mean, it gets the job done. But what we've done is absolutely amazing. And it's because of you guys. You guys have kept me going. I wasn't sure if I was going to stay with this in the beginning, but we're here to stay now. So I just want to say I appreciate you guys. We've lost track of the episodes because we're just launching shit all over the place right now. But we appreciate you. And till the next episode... Make sure you guys subscribe. Make sure you guys share the video. And more importantly, uh, you know, give us a comment. And again, if you want something for us to talk about, too, we'll talk about whatever. Just post it. Yeah. We'll talk about it. Until we next time. We appreciate you guys. Thanks so much.